Welcome aboard, shipmates. It's Robert Gonzalez, your fantasy captain, and I'm here with Nick Eidelbach, the infamous Picklebet lowballer, bringing him back, baby. Uh, debatable. <laughs> Still debatable till the end of the year. But this is playoff edition time, guys. Here we go. We're week 15. You know how we do. We're going to do our best to kind of help you out here. And the best way I thought of doing a playoff edition was going to be for us, me and Nick, we're both the second place team. And we're trying to win this week. We both got a first round bye. AKA pretty good. Lucky or good? <laughs> Perhaps good and lucky. Uh, a little bit of both. So yeah, we're basically going to break down what we were looking at on waivers this week and what we ended up doing with our teams. Because now we're at the point where it's elimination time. And so most of these players, they're going to be receiving the booty because this is a time where everyone's good. So you better have the right people. We do have a pickle bet that we do need to make up. Uh, way back in the day, Nick bet me on a Ryan Tannehill bet. And I lost through the points, so I'm going to make that up right here. And we're going to put it on the YouTube. Uh, I'd say that's a good bet. It was a great bet. It was yeah. such a good bet that I took an unforeseen leave of absence for weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the points you gave Ryan Tannehill? Uh, 18.5. Yeah, you did. And yeah. I think he got 18, like, 7.6 or Oof. something like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good bet, man. <laughs> Get out of here. Hate to see a winner. Look into the camera. Yeah. And the microphone? Holy shit. This is broadcast television, man. You right? Mm-hmm. Here we go, guys. So we're recording our pirate pickle bet that we kind of got to make up. Nick here, he beat me at with Ryan Tannehill getting over 18.5 points way back in the day. You guys remember it. You know how it is. So I'm going to be eating a curry sauerkraut cauliflower. It's really weird. Madras curry and cauliflower sauerkraut salad. It is not looking too tasty. All right, screw it. I've already had to do this with the beets. Here we go, round two. Eating cabbage off my face one more time. Great picture of you. The juxtaposition of you eating off of you. So, it's gross. I, I hate curry. I officially hate sauerkraut forever. I've done this too many times. I'm never eating sauerkraut after this fucking podcast. Nick. Would you like to dive in? Dude, for the loyal listeners of this podcast, he's such a baby. Like, A, the sauerkraut's not even that bad. It smells pretty good. It looks like chicken noodle soup. Okay, for fans who likes curry, you either love it or you hate it. Curry has a strong-ass smell, and you know it. So I got that smell punginating, whatever the word is, in Very my punchy. mouth. Yeah. So that's what's going on in my nostril area. And then... You hit that in with some pickles, like really hardcore pickle juice fermentation, essentially. That sounds awful. You, that, yeah, that's funny. You're trying to give it this negative spin. It sounds delicious to me. You're so I know gross. You eat weird shit. You eat eggs whole, you said. I, I remember that time. Uh, yeah, I don't even crack the shell and cook them. Yeah. You eat them with the eggshell. You had peanut butter egg sandwich, and you were totally okay with it. I was, that was fine. I was impressed. That's the complaint. Like, the sauerkraut is bad to you. I ate a fish and peanut butter sandwich, which was disgusting. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah, I also had that fish, though. So, this is like, this is manufactured for people to buy. People actually like that. No one orders a fish and peanut butter sandwich. But nobody eats this out the jar. Have you eaten this out the jar? I just did. Yeah, I know. Did I you? probably would. Yeah, it's actually pretty good, man. It's curry. It's, Sponsored. It's, it's cauliflower. Come on down, Wild Brian. We uh, will sponsor you. We'll say good things, and then I will say terrible things. I bet we could get that sponsorship, actually. <laughs> All right, guys, so that was our Pirate Pickle Bet punishment, Ryan Tannehill, who is beasting. We will actually talk about him this week. He is definitely a cute quarterback streamer that we are very excited for, and he's going to be killing it this week. Well, that was it for the YouTube. 
All right, guys. So it's playoff edition, and like we said, we're going to be going over our positions and how we debated through everything ultimately to get through this semifinal round. I think the two of us were we're really hoping to move on to the next round, obviously, and I think we both have a good shot at it. We're favored for both of these matchups, but it is fantasy. It really could go either way. We're still going to be doing the same stuff. You know the drill. If you're starting, they are receiving the booty. If they're bench, they're walking the plank. If they're getting an upgrade and a possible flex start, we're keeping a crow's nest eye on them. And if they're downgraded but still got to be in the lineup, they are mopping the poop deck. Um, I don't think we're going to be doing any sickly scurvy flex starts. It's uh, basically, it's all good from here on out because this is playoffs. Don't you dare do anything that's going to make you nauseous. It's win or go home. So risk aversion as best you can. Hopefully in this playoff edition, we're going to give you the winners that you need to get through. This last week 14, it was injury riddled. and Big time. Big names. Yeah, a lot. I mean, man, that would have been so tough if you were in that week. I'm glad I didn't have to play. We both had buys, thank goodness. I lost DJ Chark. Did you lose anybody or did you stay safe? No, actually, I probably gained a position because I had D.D. Westbrook. I picked up. During the Knicks Foles extravaganza, and I actually had Nick Foles, and I actually and I ended up winning when he put up negative three points. Yeah, that's impressive. I don't, I mean, I just think your league sucks. But. I didn't want to blow myself <laughs> yeah. on that compliment, but <laughs> it was impressive, dude. I was losing it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little kudos to the Minnesota Vikings. They stopped my boy Russell Wilson. That basically let me win because mm -hmm. the rest of my team popped off. Yeah, Russell hasn't really been Russell these last few weeks. He's somebody. I'd be a little cautious to play. He's not doing as much as he did as from the quarterback position. You can't doubt him though. Yeah, and as you, I don't think I doubt him as a football player. But as you can see, like Tyler Lockett's numbers have gone down, and so has Russell's in that time period. So if they can get it together, I think there'll be more more magic between them. But with Tyler Lockett being as injured as he is, I, I think it's definitely affected the offense. Oh, of course, but I mean, for a lot of people, this seems to be the Super Bowl contender. Yeah, there's, the a lot, there's a lot of hype on the Seahawks. Yeah. Big time. But even then, like, skill in football doesn't always relate to fantasy. Like, he's just not putting up the numbers. Oh, that... like Dak Prescott in the garbage time? Yeah, That exactly. probably saved so many playoff runs. Yeah. Brandon had him, and it did not save him. So sucks for him <laughs> in our league. Uh, I had Dak, and I'm going to be honest. Like, as fantasy hosts, we're, we're doing the best advice we can give you. But sometimes we make bad calls, too. I had Dak on my team, and I did drop him for some streamers this week. I ended up getting Baker Mayfield, and that's the guy I'm going to play. I feel decently confident about it, but when I had dropped Dak, it was right before the Bills schedule, and he did still great. And obviously, this garbage time game, he did okay. His matchups are super hard, so I think he's going to give you a lot of that garbage time. So I honestly, I, I'll take the upside of a streamer than the consistency. I know it's crazy and it sounds scary. If I could have that consistency back, I probably would. But um, I, I feel pretty good still with my streamers going forward. What do you think on that, Nick? You think I made a mistake? or? Uh, I mean, I texted you and told you you made a mistake dropping Dak. Yeah. Just because he had something like 330 yards you know, for the last like five or six games. But then that performance, uh, the Cowboys are imploding. How Jason Garrett still has a job, you know, any anyone's guess. Yeah. So, hey, you made a good, you know, it's fantasy. It's just, it's up, down. Good players have shit games. Shit players have amazing, like Duck Hodges, all right? You know, he's winning games. Yeah. No one knows how this works. It's just probability. 3-0, crazy. Do you think uh, Baker Mayfield or Dak Prescott, who do you think will have the better week this week? 
Give me the matchups. So Baker is up against Arizona, and okay. Dak is up against the Rams. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I dropped okay, him yeah, for, Baker, essentially, yeah. Baker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I dropped Josh Allen because his matchup got significantly harder. Then yeah. he plays New England, um, I think, week 16. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I dropped him, I think the two games after that, he put up, like, 40, 50 points in my league. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't matter his see. contender. Yeah. I hear you. So, I mean, I have him and Kyler. Kyler essentially was my base quarterback, and Kyler's had a rough two weeks. I still like him, but I do want to see him kind of get right before I play him next week against Seattle. And Dak has another tough matchup after this week. He gets the Eagles at home. And I know the Eagles are kind of been up and down. They seem really good at times on their defense, and then they they've done yeah, awful Eagles suck. against Miami. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing: before that, they were basically less than 17 points a game against the Patriots, against the um, Seahawks, against there was another good team in there. And so their defense had gotten right because they were injured for a lot of the year, and then they got everybody back. And so the Eagles at home are so much better than they are on the road. Dak could have a good game. Don't get me wrong; like I said, I'm regretting it. But I think I'm okay with finding a streamer again that week. There's a few guys that, as you can see, we're going to talk about. Like, Tannehill's been killing it. Uh, we got Fitzpatrick having a good week. You got Gardner Minshew. I trust those names a lot less, but I think it's win each week, you know? And to have Baker on my team, I had to get rid of Dak, and I think it's totally the right move. Yeah, just on a side tangent, um, how the hell do you not cover Ertz in the last play of the game? <laughs> the only guy on the team that you probably should double team that you should not let get open is wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Some t- some franchises are just born to lose. And how the Giants end up beating the Patriots twice blows yeah. me away. That's what I'm saying. So born to lose between the Eagles and the Cowboys, I really don't know who's going to be worse. They're both born to lose. Oh, battle the bums. Yeah, yeah completely. So, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm just off of that. On to the next. So for me, like I said, I lost Chark this last week so the replacement i had to go and get i got aj brown and i'm totally okay with it he's got a great matchup he is very up and down so here's the debate i have to make i have aj brown and deandre washington i play either of those in my flex but my running backs are so good i'm not gonna there's no way i can put both of them in so deandre washington with the whole josh jacobs being injured but he might play the whole game time decision I can't take that risk, and he's going to stay on my bench. I'm definitely playing Mark Ingram. He's going to be a beast in the running back position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So the hard part with Ingram is he'll either go for two touchdowns and he'll be amazing, or he the touchdowns are such a big part of his game. You know, He'll get 50 yards on the ground, and it won't be anything. It'll be like eight points. Mm-hmm. But at least you have an eight-point floor. That's not bad with like a 23-point ceiling. I will totally take that any day of the week as opposed to DeAndre Washington, I would love to play him against Jacksonville. But my other two running backs are Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson, and there's no way I'm benching those guys either. So I I just get rid of risk, and my running backs are all set. All three of them are in. That's boom, boom, boom. I mean, it's not like the Ravens are going to be behind and catching up to the Jets. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, time of possession. Listen, Mark Ingram destroyed the Patriots. Like, yeah. Mark Ingram has been doing fantastic. Yeah, the only fear is, you know, Lamar is a quarterback, but the guy is also a fucking running back. Yeah. And so you're competing with, you know, his ability to run and Mark Ingram's ability to run. And that goal line defense, is it's really difficult to cover that guy. Yeah. We're obviously recording this before the Ravens game. You'll probably be hearing it after the Ravens game. So there's a lot of projections. So we'll really see how this goes. But 
Lamar Jackson's a little bit banged up, and I'm grateful for that this week because that just gives more opportunity to Mark Ingram on the goal line. They'll probably not try to run it in with Lamar if he really is banged up. So it's just another advantage there. So my my like I said, my running backs are basically set. Those are the three that are in. How about you, Nick? Where are your running backs looking like this week? Oh, uh, pretty much set. I mean, I got Christian McCaffrey. Okay, you know, lock it in. You, well, I didn't even have to mention anything about him. <laughs> yeah, you know, guaranteed success. You got Austin Eckler. Yeah, th- that's the only one I really want to bring up because he plays Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Zeke Elliott. How, how did I forget that? So yeah, <laughs> okay, those those two out guys, <laughs> you ain't touching. Yeah. So I got Eckler. Eckler obviously came out with uh, a big game last week. I've been on the Eckler fan train. I'm going to lose money betting on him against a lot of people because <laughs> the Chargers just refuse to feed this kid the ball. Yeah. Um, it's nothing against Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is a fantastic running back. Eckler just makes plays, dude. He just He's not the biggest, strongest back, but he breaks tackles. He's got yeah. that Alvin Kamara effect where he just he knows how to deflect people. The guy killed it, but they play Minnesota. My fear is Minnesota's defense is actually pretty strategic. They're pretty strong. They stop Zeke. You know, they kind of pick your target and they remove him. Mm-hmm. Now they may remove Gordon from the game, and that could open up Eckler. But you know, yeah. why why take the chance when you got Hendricks and the other linebackers? They're pretty quick on their feet. And obviously, seeing Eckler last week, these defense guys are no dummies. Okay, they're going to make a game plan for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I picked up. I don't know how I picked up. Maybe my league is an idiot. I I picked up Raheem Mostert, Colonel Mustard himself. He must be started. Most art must start. Versus Atlanta. One one more time. Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I think my league was sleeping. Yeah. And and God bless him. This is a good debate because Eckler he would have won you that week last week. He had a crazy ninety eight yard catch or something like that mm. and went off. And now you're thinking about benching him. I would be, I'm very impressed with that like pivot ability. I mean you said yourself you gotta play week to week. Yeah. The Atlanta matchup <laughs> To me, with a powerhouse team of the 49ers that likes to run the ball, is just so much better than Minnesota. And the Chargers, you know, the Chargers could do what Chargers do, and Philip Rivers throws four or five interceptions, and, you know, you lose. I have one shot to win this. Yeah. And like you did say, Minnesota, just to give you some numbers, they're usually 28th against the run, so they tend to be really hard against the run. The one thing that's unique about Eckler is he is a running back, but he catches the ball so much. My thought process on it is I think he'll still have a good game, but Mostart is somebody that you can't ignore that matchup, especially with Kyle Shanahan giving him the credit of, hey, this guy deserves to be the starter. They're both going to be winners. It's just which one do you think's got the bigger upside, and you should go easier matchup for that. Yeah, I dropped Brita. I've been a Brita support. I drafted Brita. Mm-hmm. I've always believed in Brita. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it most are outshined him, and Brita is continually banged up. So. Yeah. So going through that, it sounds like those are the two you're debating. I have a similar situation where I have somebody who's getting more work we're moving on to our wide receivers and I have, we talked about it. I said it at the beginning, AJ Brown, someone I picked up and Cortland Sutton is someone on my team that I've been very excited to have at this end part of the year. He had a 23 point week two weeks ago, and then he had an eight point week. So a little bit of back and forth, but Sutton looks amazing. He's just like these one handed catch. He doesn't have a quarterback. Drew Locke's a rookie. And that's the thing that scares you the most. So I kind of have a consistent player versus uh, somebody who's really coming up. And I'm going to end up sticking with A.J. Brown, the guy who's coming up. He's just got such a good matchup. Ryan Tannehill's been on fire two out of the last three weeks. I mean, last week he saw seven targets and turned that to 153 yards and two touchdowns. 
And we just saw Drew Locke tear up Houston's defense. So I think Ryan Tannehill is going to do the same. The thing with Cortland Sutton is he has a rookie quarterback playing at Harrowhead. And Kansas City, surprisingly, is really good against wide receivers. They're 31st against wide receivers. So even though he's averaging about six targets a game, you feel super confident about that. He's mopping the poop deck for me just because I have to downgrade expectations at the harder matchup this time. Yeah, and they're at home. And I have heard Mm -hmm. that Kansas City at home is actually... It's kind of one of those underrated stadiums. It's not like as famous as like Seattle, right? But it uh, you know, it gets loud. It gets hectic. They're loyal to fan base. Yeah, you know how division matchups are. Sometimes they can get a little bit weird. But I, I do think Drew Lock will struggle a lot more in this game. And so, to me, I'm just gonna pivot with that streamer, and that's AJ Brown. And just like you're talking about pivoting to Mostert, the better matchups are just it's safer at this point. You can't lose. You need that upside. So who are you looking at for your wide receivers? So I got Edelman. You know, I'm not going to bench him. He's got Cincinnati. He hasn't, you know, it, the Patriots are in, I wouldn't say funk, but, you know, I've, everyone on national television saw, like, how lackluster their offense is. And, really, they're being carried by their defense and special teams, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah. Um, Edelman's getting double teamed. They really don't have another option. And lately, the game looks really bad until basically garbage time. And then Edelman, to me, always – racks up a bunch of points right so i mean i can't really pivot from that he's the dac of wide receivers dude pretty much he just he's scrappy so he's just so consistent it's just you don't know where the consistency is going to come from and lately it's just garbage time he's a staple definitely receives the booty no doubt and speaking of that the same thing tom brady like he looks really bad and then his end game stats are like 400 yards like every game they just don't oh, get touchdowns he actually got a touchdown last week just the refs blew oh, oh my god yeah it. i don't want to be like one of those off. people do but yeah geez just rule the touchdown so you can <laughs> review it yeah it's the same old you know if anyone ever watches the pat McAfee show when everyone at home can see what the call is and the refs can't what the fuck are you looking at yeah anyways long story short um <laughs> my other kind of indecision is i got dd westbrook who yeah. kind of gets a bump up because of Shark. Mm-hmm. Now, Didi was kind of coming up, but that was also because Foles was in. Now you got back to the Magic Gardener. So, you know, is he going to look to his way? You know, I hope so. But I'm stuck between him and uh, Debo Samuel, who's against Atlanta, which is a good matchup. Yeah. I'm just, I love Mostert, but I'm nervous of Jimmy G. Yes, he had five touchdowns last game, but other times this season, he does nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like um, Debo's been pretty consistent. He's been pretty consistent. Yeah. That's I like. I'm very happy. I, yeah, I got him off the waivers a couple of weeks ago. He's totally blown me away. I just, you know, I don't know. Both matchups are pretty good. Oakland really, you know, is not terribly. They're a weird team, but they're not like a scary defense. Right. And then Atlanta is kind of the same thing. Like, yeah, their defense got a little better, but they're still Atlanta. Well, that's the thing too. It's t- totally personal preference to you. Like like you said, they both have good matchups. You might want to diversify and pick another team just in case. Like you said, they don't need Jimmy G against Atlanta. Like San Francisco might squash Atlanta and exactly. they just don't throw the ball. You That's know? my fear of like having multiple players. Unless you're playing everyone on like the Ravens offense where they just score 50 points a game. Yeah. It's fantastic. But yeah, so they're not going to be down for Atlanta you know, in theory. Mm-hmm. So they could just run the ball out and Debo Sanders gets you know, three catches. Now, Jacksonville has been more struggling, and Oakland, you know, kind of just got blown out, but 
they were doing good. I feel like that could be more of you know a matchup where you're you're really trying to win. And I think in this case, I feel bad for Nick Foles, man, like Super Bowl MVP. But this could be a big shot for Gardner to keep his job, or you know at least to really demonstrate, hey, I deserve to be in the NFL. I deserve to be a starting quarterback. Uh, so he could ball out. And if there's not Shark, it's like I don't picture he's gonna be Aaron Rodgers and throw to anyone who just stepped onto the field. Yeah. We'll see. I, I feel like Jacksonville quit at this point of the year. Um, I was really hoping for a spark when he came back in this last week, basically, and they just came out so flat. I know he's playing his tail off because, like you said, Minshew has to. He, he's scrambling, man. He's, yeah. he's trying. Yeah, but that's my thing. It's just like I think the defense quit. I think the the rest of the playmakers, they're kind of on to the next year, planning their vacation and stuff like that. We'll see. Um, Minshew... He brings more than Foles at this point. Like, Foles just wasn't doing it. So, at least Minshew makes it possible that you can play someone like D.D. Westbrook. That that would definitely be the play for me out of everyone on that Jacksonville team. Um, Keelan Cole's out there, and you also have Conley. But both of those guys, I, I just can't trust. Yeah, not, not like in this iffy, week. Very yeah. iffy. But Westbrook, he kind of has been turning it on. I and mean, last week he got enough targets, and then... Right before Minshew was pulled, Westbrook was starting to get it going again, too. So I, I definitely think he's the one that's going to step into the alpha for this team. Both Westbrook and my option, A.J. Brown, they're people I'm keeping a crow's nest eye on. It's it's funny. I know you're debating, and like we said, I think both of those could go either way. But I would almost switch it. I kind of like Debo, and I kind of like Austin Eckler. Eckler, like we were talking about, Mostert has the easier matchup, but Eckler was just so clutch last week. It'd be really tough for me to bench him, but I don't blame you for going the other way on those two. Dude, even with the Gordon situation, I think he ends up being an RB10. Yeah, exactly. They're Like, bu- within. Yeah. yeah. Which like, is insane. Which is great. We have locked and loaded three running backs you can put in. And then your fourth option is just a debate, and that just gives you depth for next week, hopefully. Which is, this is what you should be doing in the playoffs. You should not be... You know, all, all I have is these running backs, and this is who I have to play. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have been building up to this and having handicaps. And, I mean, I picked up, um, was it Madison, the backup to Dalvin Cook. For, like, three weeks I stashed this guy. Because mm-hmm. Je- just in case, I know I'm going to playoffs. I know who I'm going to play against. And, you know, taking away Dalvin Cook from your opposing team and the handicap it's basically a game over. There's a strategy to the long term. You you can't control everything in every game, and you can only bet probabilities on how players perform. But a strategic long term plan is you know that's how you win wars. That's how you win, you know, the fantasy football. How you win risk. <laughs> Amongst yeah. our friends, Nick's known for flipping a risk board or two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Side note: There's no alliances in risk. Okay, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing in the rule books that says I can't flip the table in response to that. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully you're not flipping your computer after this week. Uh, we're going to get a W for everyone out there, me and Nick included, hopefully. Um, all right, well, then let's move on to the quarterback. Who are you putting in as your quarterback position? So I did actually pick at Minshew. Mm-hmm. Um, streamable. We'll see how he does. I do believe in the guy. I was in between him as my backup with uh, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick has been balling out. Say what you want against Miami, that they're tanking it, that the season's a loss. Fitzpatrick, if you watch it, when that guy runs and he scrambles, he lowers his shoulder. He doesn't give a shit. He's here to play football. He's having old man fun out there. He's having old man fun, and he's been doing statistically pretty well. Um, But with Devontae Parker injury, uh, you know, you had to pivot. And Minshew was available. Foles got, got benched. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm running Tannehill. Yeah. He was just uh, just been unstoppable lately. And against Houston, <laughs> uh, I think he's going to put up a, a huge game. Yeah, Tannehill been on fire. There's no better streamer I like. I'm actually super jealous Nick has him. That was a player I really wanted in our league, and he got picked up. I was between same thought process. Me and me and Nick had kind of been having the same thought process where I picked up Foles looking ahead because I liked his playoff schedule. So, Great matchups. Exactly. And it just it didn't pan out with Foles, and it did pan out with Tannehill. So it is really tough when you get to that fork in the road and you find out you've made the wrong call. But like he said, Minchu is someone, he's a possible streamer. But there's, for me, there's safer quarterbacks I like a little bit better. Baker Mayfield, like I talked about, he's playing the worst defense, Arizona. And Baker has been trash the last two weeks. He's been awful. But Arizona's defense is even hotter trash. It's just so bad that that defense just doesn't scare me. They're just the worst against quarterbacks. So it's the perfect time to play a streamer like that. So Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, those are streamers I like a little bit more confidently than Minshew. What about Eli Manning? Would you give I the two-time Super Bowl MVP a stream? I know. That's the tough one. I, to me, we saw what Eli Manning does. Eli Manning had two touchdowns in the first half and then did absolutely nothing the rest of the game. So I think he has that potential to score because he's got a shitload of weapons. He should be able to. But I, I honestly think Daniel Jones and his mobility is what made that offense start to go again. That offensive line can't block for Eli. He's so immobile back there. So I... I think Daniel Jones might be someone. This is a little hesitant because he is coming back from injury, but he was even someone I was looking at in that Foles time period. So for me, I don't trust Eli. Eli kind of ranks with me with Minshew, where both of those guys are streamable because of the matchup, but I think there are safer options ahead of them that I'd rather play and try to go get. Here's a spicy one. This might want to give you an aneurysm. What about Mitchell Trubisky? I know. He's actually coming on pretty strong. The last three weeks have been amazing. Him versus Dallas. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably sure everyone saw memes. You know, he just, he was electric. Yeah. But Dallas is, Dallas is falling apart. And Mitchell Trubisky, he doesn't have easy matchups going forward. He has Green Bay this week. Hey, Green Bay In Lambeau. Like, that's in Lambeau. It's okay. Divisional game, rivalry game, hatred game. Green Bay's defense uh, isn't that good. Those first three or four games, I like, put everyone into a tipsy, but mm-hmm. they're kind of back to, uh, you're kind of subpar. But so, like like we're talking about risk and all this stuff, just all year we've seen Trubisky not be good, and I know he's turned it on, but I'm not willing to take that risk here at this time frame, you know? No, but I would love to see someone win a championship with Mitchell with, Trubisky. <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a turnaround. Um. So, yeah, I want to just talk about Baker real quick for the Arizona matchup. We talked about Arizona being the worst. The only quarterbacks that didn't finish as a top 12 option against Arizona were Daniel Jones, Devlin Hodges, and Russell Wilson. And the Wilson one's a little bit weird, but that was just because they smoked him 27-10, to 10, so they didn't need him to do anything more. So Baker, he's a higher caliber quarterback than those other two options at this point in his career, for sure, and he should finish as a top 12 option because everybody else has. So that, that gives you that confidence to put him in going forward. I know you had Minshew as your backup. For me, I have Kyler. He's kind of my base guy. This is a potential shootout, and I think they both can be good quarterbacks. But like, kind of like what you're doing with Mostert, I'm doing with my quarterbacks is Baker's got the easier matchup. And until I see Kyler have a good game again, Baker's going to be the one I trust more just because the matchup is easier. Yeah, I mean, can't fault you that Arizona 
god awful. Oh. Yeah. And uh, every time the Browns seem like they're coming on the up and up, you know, they, they're coming down the down and down. Now OBJ <laughs> might be coming out. He doesn't want to play there anymore. He's got a sports hernia. He's supposed to have surgery. And that does scare me for this Baker pick. I, I wish he was playing better right about now. Hell yeah. I forgot who it was. Someone else reportedly had a sports hernia that was similar to that. They got surgery, and they've been out like all season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a big time issue. Yeah. Literally, your intestines are popping through your eyeball. Yeah, man, that Tough sounds to so painful, yeah. yeah. And to be tackled. Yeah. You got to give props to these guys. It's just unbelievable what they do. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. The the thing that kind of gives me a little bit of confidence, a little bit more, is there's still a ton of weapons in Browns. He's getting Njoku back at the tight end position. Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt yeah. he's catching it out the backfield. And then he's got Landry, who should tear them up. I mean, don't make it seem like... OBJ was an all-star. He's right. an all-star on paper, but this mm-hmm. year he's been pretty subpar. Yeah, definitely. So we covered our quarterbacks. We covered our wide receivers. We covered the streamers. We covered the running backs. Who are you looking at at tight end? I mean, I got I got my boy Waller. Um, he's he's been he was so good early season that I, I think it it set me into the projection of like, oh man, he's gonna get eleven targets every game. And then for a while, he just had a few targets. But you know, it is what it is. Um, to kind of handicap myself and to see the potential with Mike Evans going out somehow. Okay, on top of getting Colonel Mustard, I got O.J. Howard. Uh, I know some people probably like are doubting him. I doubt him, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe they did, they decided he wasn't worth the waiver pickup. I but if, it was it was a two parter. You know, this is this is the strategy. This is the the table flipping. Uh, I picked O.J. Howard. If he has a good game this week. I don't want anyone to grab him, yeah. even if Waller does okay. O.J. Howard is a phenomenal athlete. O.J. Howard is a big dude who could catch the ball and is a playmaker. Bruce Arrington just hates tight ends, and they you know, they really haven't had to use him as a, as a passing option. But with Mike Evans out, Mike Evans, I think, was leading the, the league in yards. That is a big hole to fill. And, you know, a lot of tight ends kind of fill that safety niche when you don't know who to throw to or not everyone's open. Hey, toss it to the big guy, you know, for 8 to 10 yards. That's honestly a great mindset to have. That Mike Evans injury is going to impact that team big time. And that'll just mean more targets to go around. So that's definitely a good pickup, especially at tight end, which is such a struggle. I think it's been off my radar completely just because I am lucky enough to have drafted Kelsey Never know. What team Never does he play for? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just some team. Uh, this guy, Patrick Rapids. Mahomes, oh, is Patrick, his quarterback. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the random. Ketchup, yeah, yeah I don't, he throws it sideways sometimes. Yeah, Kelsey's ridiculous. He's a freak. Yeah. Me and Nick have kind of talked about this before. I think the most important things in a draft is to get that security. To me, that security at tight end is so clutch. And running backs. Grab three running backs in the first six rounds. I can't stress it enough. If you hear this podcast only once, hear this, grab three running backs in the first six rounds for sure because now we have less decisions to make, and that's why we're here in this fantasy playoffs. Yeah, Wide receivers, they come and they go. I mean, look how many big names really did not do anything this year or have been fairly underperforming. Running backs, you don't find another Dalvin Cook minus a huge injury. You don't find another Eckler. You don't find these big names. Mm -hmm. It's just the running back, it's too difficult to replace these guys in the NFL. Unfortunately, you know, the paying structure is kind of weird. Whole different thing. I don't understand why people pick wide receivers. If your first round pick is a wide receiver, I think you did something wrong. Even if you're in that weird middle gray area where you can get a wide receiver one or like a running back like eight or nine, take the running back. Yeah. 
you know, he's probably going to do better than Julio Jones. I hate to tell you. It's just, it, I think it's a trap picking wide receivers. And like, even, okay, so you had Eckler, Zeke, and Chris McCaffrey. That's a pretty set lineup already. And then you still went and pick up Mostert. So at this time in playoffs, like you said, we've been talking about it. It prevents your opponents from playing him. It's defense. You matumbo your opponent and say, no, no, no. <laughs> Keep him off of his team. And you just give him that finger wave, baby. And that's how you win. Like, you got to play defense and you got to put your best team out there. So running backs is a position we can't stress enough. And tight ends is a position I can't stress enough. I know. we, we I use that chess strategy comment. But it's also like checkers. You get to, not only do they lose a weapon, if you have their handicap, you basically, you know, you kinged yourself. You took a piece from them. And then you also got another piece. So really, they lost twice. It's really like sorry. You hit their opponent off and you say sorry. No, just kidding. (laughs) All the board games we can think of. You sunk my battleship. (laughs) If you are still looking for tight ends, just because we have some tight ends that we like, some streamers that I would still look at if they're still out there, Tyler Higby has been going off the last two weeks. He's gotten seven catches and over 100 yards. And the Cowboys, they rank 10th against tight ends. And we talked about it. The Cowboys are falling apart. So Tyler Higby is one of the more consistent tight ends. I even look to grab him, even thinking of playing him in a flex, or I don't think I ever would have done it. But like we said, play defense so somebody else can have him. And they've been switching their personnel. They're running the ball a lot more and using their tight ends a lot more. And that shift, that's actually caused Cooper Cup to come off the field more. They've been running those sets 70% of the time using the running backs on the tight ends. So Cooper Cup is only out there 30% of the time, which is worrisome. But even in those limited snaps, he still makes differences. Like he had four for 45 and a touchdown. So he still got his touchdown last week because he's talented. But he's somebody I'd be a little bit nervous coming into this game against Dallas, who is crumbling. I think he'll be fine. But I think your biggest plays are going to be Robert Woods, Tyler Higbee, and Todd Gurley because they're starting to shift their offense and it's working. They look so much better at this point of the year. Yeah, and, Gurley actually looks explosive. Yeah, and I think Sean McVay finally realized he's not utilizing this offense right, and he's switching it up, and finally the boy genius is putting it together. Thank goodness. Um, the other tight end I'd look at, I really like Ian Thompson. If Greg Olson can't go, again, you got to keep on somebody else's injury report. But Ian got five for 50 last week. And another touchdown. So these two players are people who are going to get more opportunity. And like Nick said, O.J. Howard, someone who's getting more opportunity. At this tight end position, you're not always going to get a stud. You want to look for opportunity. So that way you have an opportunity to get points. Only way to put it. Because tight ends basically hit or miss. It is battleship, like you said. All right, so we're down to kickers and defense, bro. Who you got kicking the ball? Uh, My boy... uh... Harrison Butker? Butker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh. Butker. Gotta love Butker. Wait, real quick, breaking news. While we are recording, the game has just begun. And we're 14 minutes in, and my boy, Mark Ingram in the flex, just got a touchdown. Against uh, the Jets? Yeah, let's, let's get this oof, going, baby. Oof, oof. Ho- hopefully after this, we'll have a championship where I can be celebrating. You guys can hear it right here on the podcast. You gonna buy that Ingram jersey? Uh, on Pristine Auction. Come and support us, Pristine Auction. We'll take a sponsorship. They sell jerseys online that are signed at auction prices. They're so good, dude. Like 50, 60 bucks. No, I can't believe it because uh, I was like thinking about that before the Lamar hype is like taken off. It's like if you got one of his jerseys signed and you just held on to that. Like, dude, if he becomes greater than Michael Vick, like his, he's basically the quarterback that's changing the game. 
That jersey would be insane. He's I fantastic. I, I don't think I could sell it, dude. I would love to have that jersey. The only thing I'd mention that is he's obviously going to break Michael Vick's record. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's going to happen. But Michael Vick kind of did that off scrambling plays and doing fantastic juking moves and having no regard for his body. Lamar has an offense built around him. Not discrediting that, but, you know, a little asterisk to that. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to shatter the record. Yeah. I, he's on pace for, it's circumstance. I think, like, 1,300 now. Like, Tom Brady wouldn't be Tom Brady without Bill Belichick. Like, it, the stars aligned, and, dude, their careers are what they are, regardless of what had happened, you know? No, absolutely. But, yeah. uh, you know, scrambling versus design run is, yeah, is pretty difference. different. Yeah, you yeah, know? you're right. Michael what, Vick didn't get three tight ends coming blocking. Yeah, what Vick could have been, definitely. But honestly, dude, Lamar looks like a such a better passer already. It's crazy the leap he took from year one to year two. I think it's just, uh, you know, I don't hate that people use analogies for other players because... I hear you. Yes, Lamar, the closest thing we have to Michael Vick is Lamar. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the same player at all. Yeah. I honestly think Lamar is going to be a better player. He Definitely. seems smarter. He understands longevity with his body. But at the same time, the guy's an athletic freak, and you know, just like Tom Brady has Bill, you have a coach who's not forcing you to play an offense that he thinks you're going to be good at. He says, holy shit, this kid is fabulous. I'm going to build my offense around this guy. Yeah. I don't know how we always get on yeah, yeah, t- tangents, <laughs> but I, I, I agree. I like it. It's cool. Oh, yeah, the pristine auction. I would kill for a signed jersey visit. That would be... <laughs> I'm, I'm on the train, man. I, I want Lamar to coming. do the best he can do, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All right, so back to my kicker. I had Harrison Butker also. I love Butker. You want to get a consistent kicker if you can. So there's Butker, Kansas. there's Will Lutz, there's, yeah. My boy Vinatieri. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. The Hall of Famer, he is done for, dude. As a Colts fan, I'm sorry, but I'm excited that we're moving on. Laces out, man. Laces out. Yeah, that's true. Not his fault, I guess, for that one kick. Um, yeah, it's been painful watching. Vinatieri, I love you, man. You deserve that gold jacket. But uh, Yeah, Hall of Fame, easy. Enjoy the couch, brother. Um, so Harrison Bucker, I had him, but I had to drop him during buys. So like Nick was kind of saying, you want to switch to prolific offenses or a prolific defense. I love a really strong sided on either side. That way they have an opportunity. If he's got a strong defense, they'll get the ball again and plenty of kicks. So I switched to the San Francisco kicker, Robbie Gould. And he got me 13 points last week, so that's somebody I'm super comfortable with. So I'm looking for the explosive on either side of the ball, and I'm just glad to have a kicker that is on a competent team. I see people like putting out Jets kickers, Cleveland kickers. Like They have good games, but those teams scare me. Like You have an opportunity to get nowhere near the field goal, you know? Yeah, I know. I think the best in terms of a kicker, if you have no one else on the team, is you just kind of want a slow, consistent, offense that never really gets to the red zone but gets close enough to kick it so you can get a kicker that gets you know like 15 20 points a game yeah i don't know dude that's that's risky to me like i said for me i'd rather take that strong defense or that strong offense that like has one bad drive and they're like oh okay you kick it this time i mean i have buck here because it's it's the chief's offense yeah yeah so and then like strangely enough kickers actually still have opponent rankings and Atlanta is what Robbie Gold's playing, and like they they give up a ton of field goals. And then Butker, he's got Denver, and I think they're pretty good against kick. Like, obviously, you don't look as much into it for the kicker position, um, but that also helps to have like, oh, cool, a team that gives up a lot of points. That's basically what we're saying. And then defense, man, who you got for defense? <sighs> None other than New England. 
versus yeah. uh, Cincinnati. I mean, it should be it should be a, a, just a gigantic Easy. stomping. Yeah, and for me, I got Baltimore and San Francisco. Damn, those three are like three of the best defenses in the league. It feels good to have them on our team for sure. Oh yeah, um, I am a little worried for Week 16. New England plays Buffalo. They actually did pretty good against Buffalo last time. But Josh Allen, man, he's a wily guy, and Buffalo's no joke. Yeah. Buffalo's defense is pretty strong, and Buffalo's offense is pretty strong. I don't know. I'm a little worried about that matchup. I may try and pivot to another team for a juicier matchup, but uh, New England's defense is just, it's still been outrageous this season. I think this is the hard part about playoffs at this point, is we've been looking ahead all year, and we've been trying to get those best matchups, and now we're here, and we're perfectly set up for week 15 which is great i think it's actually a lot harder to set up for week 16 because you need to win this week so you can't plan ahead as much like for me i don't have an extra roster spot like i would love to go grab week 16's kicker or week 16's quarterback that i want to use or something like that but i'm i'm too i don't have a room right now so i have to win this week and then i go from there you know it's sometimes you have to win the battle to win the war Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to have the mindset to win the war, you're going to win the battle. So, it, yeah, it's just it's the pivoting. You know, I'm not going to worry about Wii 16 as much. What the fuck did you just say, dude? Exactly. <laughs> I yeah. loved it, though. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to worry as much about Week 16 because you have to get to the 15th. I knew I was going to get a bye. 15 is the big time to make it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, worry about the parade after. Wow. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, guys, so that was our team. I know we did a little different this time, but if either you're not in the playoffs or maybe you can live vicariously through us, guys, and enjoy our teams trying to make it to the championship, or you are in the playoffs and maybe we hit it a little bit on your team. It wasn't the typical matchup, but we just wanted to give you that mindset of what we're going to be doing to try to win our championships, and hopefully that helps you guys out for this week. Nick, appreciate all the war references from the wrist flipper. Couldn't have done it without you, my man. Can I actually talk about submarines without having bolts again? <laughs> yeah. I come here just for the metaphors. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. All right, guys, so that was our podcast. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate, download, and subscribe, and uh, see you next week in the championship, guys.